0: FM to get started. Sticks and stones and vertex blasters will break John Jones's bones, but words will break his heart. Alex is letting her heart get the best of her, and Brainy's heart is torn apart. All he has to do is ask for help. There's no place like home. I can't believe James is really gone. We are talking CW Supergirl Season 5, Episode 4, In Plain Sight. The After Buzz After Show starts right now. I'm Maria Menudo, and you're tuned in to After Buzz TV. On TV talk. now, the, most... <laughs> the best Supergirl after show on the planet or any planet, even on Krypton, is happening right now, and you are tuned in to the one and only Teron Von Gosri aka the Bathrobe Heartthrob. I'm not in a bathrobe today, but my spirit animal is, of course, a bathrobe all the time. And in the booth, I'm not alone. I have the always ten Steph Sabra in the booth. Tehran is lying. He just called me an eight. An eight. But I know this show is a ten. An eight. Out of eight is possible, but He's I mean, once we're doing a chat, 10, I you're always you a 10. Him. You're troll a 10. Him, Listen, Steph Sabraw, we all know you're a 10. The only reason you would be an eight was, is if you had a party that I wasn't invited to. That would never happen on this planet. But you know what would happen on this planet? The Supergirl After Show, which we are talking CW Supergirl Season 5, Episode 4, In Plain Sight. That's how I feel about you, Steph. Uh, we're going to be breaking down the episode... This was a very interesting episode, so we're gonna be breaking it down into the three separate storylines that it had. First, we had this, we had the, the, the conclusion, or what we thought would be the conclusion, but the inclusion of the Malefic storyline. So Alex rushes in, that Verdicts Blaster storyline, Malefic beating Martian Protocol, making his way in, of course, Sin Dark, the Sin, uh, John asking for forgiveness, something we aren't used to John doing, and Lena's project. Wow, that reveal, made this entire episode worth it. We're also going to discuss the Jimmy Olsen storyline with Jimmy and Kelly, Calvintown, Aunt Aunt Vi, Simon and Nelson, that whole intricate Calvintown. What is that going to be about? It sounds like a spinoff, but it's really just a wave off to Jimmy. And finally, it's the day, William Day of the Dead. Yeah, Kian S. Elena Torres. And who is William Day? And we're going to discuss the Brainy and Nia, that storyline, Brainy, of course, always being the the ever-present, uh, humorous part of the show. So it's so nice to do that. We're going to get into a special segment, Supergirls, where we highlight the super girls around the world who are doing great things with their lives this week is going to be one of my personal favorite human beings on the planet Whoopi goldberg we're gonna get into some news and gossip you're gonna want to stay tuned for that and of course predictions and if you know anything about what i've been doing my predictions it feels like i have a crystal ball because my predictions have been spot on and i'll start with the whole alex rushing in scenario. So the storyline in this, my overall thought on this, this episode was basically that at first, I was actually a little disappointed with the story. I thought this was one of those, just let's tie everything up and move on. Something that we saw in Season 4, so I I was disappointed because Season 5 has gotten off to such a great start. And just as I was about to give in to the storyline, they look like it tied it up, that last five minutes was a, was a doozy. That last five minutes where we got Malefic being transported to Lena instead of to the Phantom Zone, and then being part of that master plan that Lena has going on her villainous but with the good intent but it's clearly it's clearly malintended plan that she has so watching that happen I was like yes we're back to season 5 this is not one of the seasons where we're glossing anything over this is not a situation where we're dropping storylines there are going to be no loose ends on this one it was amazing and fun to watch and also also chat. If you remember, I had predicted this. I had predicted this from last week, where I thought that Lena would use Malefic's Q-Wave power. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see we could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga, Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. In order to up the ante on her own villain's plan, which is what it seems as, sh- as if she's intending to do. So I'm so glad that the ending of this episode was not a conclusion, but an inclusion of this story arc that we're getting to in a clearly... A clearly, dramatically improved season 5. Now, season 4, let me explain. Season 4 had a lot going on, but I felt... As if a lot of balls were dropped But in season 5 They have specific storylines They have trimmed the fat They are peeling these layers off this onion And we're getting to a much more Mature A much more designated Supergirl So it's great to watch this This evolution of a character And watching Kara And every single person's interpersonal relationship Actually making sense We didn't get a lot of Andrea Rojas in this episode But we got so much Andrea Rojas in this episode. That's the kind of stuff that I'm. I'm now finding out about season five, which is making me, which is making this show one of my most anticipated shows of the week. Let's start. Alex rushing in. Alex rushing in is really just specifically about having her and uh, uh, having her, of course, look for the verdicts blasters if she wants to. Erase Malefic out of existence instead of coming up with an alternate plan, and we all uh, we obviously know that this is, this is going to cause conflict with John Jones. This is his brother after all, and especially a guilt ridden John Jones or uh, uh, John Jones who has done the ultimate sin in his in his culture, which is wiping memories away and erasing and using his psychic powers for 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 what he was trying to justify the greater good but as we can see it is it's clearly the consequences of his actions. so here we have two people at odds and dealing with someone would alex be this quick to do this if it was involving car we have seen in season three and in season two no she clearly goes out of her way to make sure that Kara is safe Kara is her sister well in this case John Jones is doing nothing different. Here he has a brother, especially a brother he feels very responsible for, for his creation and for him becoming this villainous character which he has. He blames himself, as he should, as he should, rightfully so. And so he is, he is intent on keeping his brother safe. Not only is it his brother, not only is it... Uh, a responsibility which he feels and a burden he feels. It's also a part of this, this guilt and how he wants to atone. And he keeps throwing out these, these lines where he's, he's like, brother, this is my fault. I love you. I will take care of you. I will not do this again. But Malefic's having none of that. So it's interesting to watch that happen. And intriguingly enough, Alex is more concerned about Kelly the lover, than than she is about the rest of the world. Like, isn't the DEO's objective to protect the rest of the world? But she's like... You mean Malefic is going after Kelly? Yes, Malefic is going after Kelly. We need to catch Malefic because we don't want to destroy the Earth. How about the Earth? Let's start thinking about the 7.8 billion people on this planet. And and of course, we have at least one tin in Steph Sabra. So so let's protect the rest of the Earth. Why are we so intent on simply protecting Kelly? I understand that she has a personal relationship with Kelly. I understand that clearly Kelly is her significant other. However, her primary objective should be focused on protecting the greater good of the united states and then subsequently the rest of the world she is the lead of an a government of a of a of a government of a governmental body which is supposed to protect the earth With aliens, against aliens, whatever this is And clearly this falls under her jurisdiction This government entity isn't created for her to have a love life So, let's have more Alex thinking with her head And less Alex thinking with her heart Is it nice to see, this is once again The concept of the evolution of a character Alex has evolved If you remember, we used to have a very cold Walled off Alex in the beginning in the beginning, when we saw season one and season two, Alex, season five, Alex is very different. Season five, Alex is open to relationships. This is something that didn't happen overnight. This is something that Alex had to work on. We saw her ruin relationships time and time again. So yes, it's nice to see that she is enamored and endearing, endeared by somebody. However, in certain circumstances, you cannot let that, which is an emotional response, get out of hand As a consequence towards The logical course of action With that being said The same applies for John Jones Martian Manhunter This is your brother, we get it However, your brother has put Several hundreds of people in harm's way Clearly has no Has has no vigor for people's lives Clearly does not Care who dies In his quest for revenge So, verdicts blaster Good idea or bad idea? If we can kill Malefic, should we do that? I want to know from all of you in the comments below. What do you think? Would would you do that? Do the ends justify the means in that context? Is Malefic so dangerous that we should have used the Vertex Blaster? The Vertex Blaster would eradicate him. The Phantom Zone Projector shoots him back into the Phantom Zone. That's the objective, and then, of course, John wants to somehow talk to him, and thinks that if he talks to him long enough, that Malefic's gonna just come back and be like, oh my gosh, I'm so glad you said that, John. You apologized to me? Oh, everything works out. That's not how things work. For example, let's say that John had a Halloween party, and Malefic was not invited. Do you think Malefic would just forgive John? No! That would not happen. We have to understand what is going on? So, John, you're being illogical and emotional. Alex, you're being illogical and uh, and emotional. And, of course, we have Brainy being just illogical and emotional as well. So, who is actually doing the logical course of action in this circumstance? Guess who it is? Kara, Kara, who is usually the emotional bundle, is the person who's taking lead and taking action when it comes to this. And that's an interesting dynamic. Once again, goes to show the maturity and evolution of the show and of the characters, their interpersonal dynamic. Here, we see growth in Kara. Kara is stepping up to the plate. She's no longer the, oh, I just have to fly around and save the whole world, Kara. She's the, what's the best course of action? What should we do? How do we protect the most amount of people? That's Those are the things that we have to pay attention to. Then again, of course, she does have her Lena uh, storyline, so I don't know if she is. Malefic does somehow make his way into uh, the DEO. Now, how does he do that? Oh, that's right. He controls people's thoughts. What did they think that their Martian protocol was going to do? Did they think that Malefic would not be able to bypass this? Malefic, by the way, has literally been a fly on the wall. And I mean that in the literal sense. As in, he was a fly on the wall... In the homes of the the heroes, so he was literally a fly. So they're checking people's minds to see if they are being controlled by Malefic. M- Malefic has a lot of powers at his at his behest. He can he can metamorphose. He can shape shift. He can shift out of uh, dimensional space. He can fly. He can control people's thoughts. I mean. I just don't understand what a single filed line was going to do. As in, a single filed line was going to stop Malefic from figuring a way to get into the Do, the government agency. I, I I don't understand what they thought was going to happen. It's very interesting to watch. To watch who I think is, of course, the character of Malefic, who is. I, I'm torn. I dislike Malefic. I do not know if I actually like this storyline as much. However, he is, what, what's that saying where, where it's, uh, he's not the villain we want. It's the villain we need. One of those Batman sayings. This is kind of the situation with Malefic. Malefic is not my favorite villain. I'm not super, I'm not, I'm not super sold on this idea yet of this brother and this, however, Definitely pushing forward the storyline. I'm definitely looking forward to this Lena Lena crossover because, as we see, Malefic makes his way in, inside the DEO, controls Alex, controls one of Alex's henchmen, controls Alex, and then sets it off with the conclusion being that Lena comes in to help, of course, Brainy's being emotional, which we pointed out. So we have an emotional Brainy, so here we get Lena coming in. And what happens? Lena has her own hidden agenda. She, instead of transporting Malefic to the Phantom Zone, she rigs the the transporter so that it transports him back to her home base, back to her her little secret lair, and she's willing to do some testing on him for those Q-Waves. He has the power to control minds. Her plan is to control people's minds. Sounds like a match made in heaven. That is the storyline I am the most intrigued about. That is the only redeeming quality and and characteristic that Malefic has for me as a villain. I am over John being so guilt ridden because it doesn't seem like the biggest sin but then again of course I'm not a Martian or am I? I'm over the Alex protecting Kelly thing. Kelly is now gone. Kelly's away. Alex is not doing her job. I'm over the whole, let's chase Malefic, but not use all the things at our disposal to do so. However, what I'm not over is I'm not over the concept of Malefic playing into Lena. And Lena, once again, evolution, maturity, and we're watching this happen on shows and character. Lena has now taken the mantle as a Luther she is becoming a Luther through and through I cannot wait for her master plan to unfold I cannot wait for the other shoe to drop and I cannot wait to see what happens when Kara realizes that she's the catalyst to all of these actions because of her inability to tell Lena the truth before before she found out before it was time to do so that is what I'm waiting for and that's going to be the big reveal. Season 5, I'm saying, I am trusting, after watching this particular episode especially, I am trusting that there will be a huge payoff. I did not feel that in Season 4. And I don't know if a lot of you agree with me or not. I'm sure you will tell me in the comments below. Because, even though I'm the only one up here on this panel, of course, you guys at home are, if not as much more so, a part of this panel as all of us. Here at Afterbus. We appreciate every single one of you. So thank you so much. Subscribe, share, like, tell your friends, spread the word. This is, after all, the best Supergirl after show on the planet. Not my opinion. You guys have spoken. We have listened. If you're listening to us on iTunes, give us that five stars we so greatly deserve. And, of course, we thank you each and every week for making us the ESPN of TV talk. John asked for forgiveness. Sindark. We learn this. We keep getting to this martial, this Martian folklore. Sindark is, of course, the sin. Malefic brings it up. John knows what it is, but he doesn't say. But then John is plagued by Alex. Alex, under the control of Malefic, comes to John and basically just points everything out. Says to John that she, of course, these are the words of Malefic, but. John doesn't know this at the time. Basically says he's the reason this is happening, how selfish he is, how he deserves to feel bad, how he deserves to feel guilty, how he created this, how he created he he was the he was the he was the uh antagonist this whole time. He's the person who is basically the catalyst for all the things that are malefic. That is such a strong scene. You see, John Jones, the Martian Manhunter, crumble with emotion. The emotional, the emotional disguise on his face—that look was so strong. It was great to see, as we watch, as we watch uh, John Jones basically beg for, forg- ask for forgiveness. He he doesn't even know what to say. That single tear, that single tear was was amazing. David Harewood did an amazing job as an actor in the scene. The it was just a facial configuration. It was it was the distress on his face because as John Jones, he does feel all of these things and more. And he felt there was so much merit in Alex's words and he brings it up later when he specifically says, and I don't know if everyone caught this, but he said he was projecting and that's something we see John Jones do so effectively and it's because we have this new season 5 vigor and energy and the writing where now we can tell things through subtle context instead of as in last season when we were overtly told everything everything had to be laid out for us there were no specific secrets we were we were basically force fed every emotion we were supposed to feel however in season 5 that's why I feel like it's the stronger season, and these episodes, all each one, has so much more meaning, is because we are now immersed in this world of Supergirl, and we get the context clues of each and every character. So good for the writers, and great job, David Harewood. That was an amazing performance that you you put on, especially when it came to asking for forgiveness. Of course, later on, we get this fight scene with Malefic and. Uh, John Jones Kara Alex Everyone's there Malefic Has controlled everyone They're shooting at this force field I don't know how people can leave the force field But not get in The beam's about to fall I mean Once again We did one of these fight scenes That didn't seem so pertinent However the payoff was We get Lena Who comes in Helps Brainy Because Brainy is obviously not Up to Doing everything, and and has a hidden agenda where she transports Malefic to her lab because she's going to use him for her Q waves. That was a huge payoff, amazing storyline. So that was the first storyline. That was the main storyline. But we got some subplots, as we all know, for uh, personal reasons. The actor. Maqad Brooks, who plays James Olsen, who we actually get the nod to Jimmy this episode, so that was really nice, is leaving the show for viable reasons. So Mccod needs to take a break, so we're going to see James Olsen take a break. And the way they decided to do this was to have him go to Calvintown. They're visiting their Aunt Vi, who, they ha- who was there for them when, when their dad died. They needed, to get away. they needed to get away anyway, so they needed to leave. But I didn't completely understand the Aunt Vi connection. Why haven't they spoken to her? Why would they not know that she's not, no, longer, no longer there? Why were people just randomly squatting at her house? What's going on in Calvintown? Calvintown seems like a ways of city. It is Gotham City without the excitement. It's just corrupt, and we have this prison that came in. And this is another thing. Supergirl is great as a show. CW shows, especially the DC comic shows, which are amazing, C- if one thing DC does, their movies, not so well, their TV shows, amazing. And when I say the movies, I don't count uh, Christian Bale, Batman, or the standalone Joker. Can't count those. Everything else, though, we know where we stand on them. When it comes to the TV show, the TV shows are great. When it comes to Calvintown, Why it's so great is because of the social commentary. The social commentary is privatization of prisons. We have big business. We have corruption. We have something that actually plays from our own headlines in which judges and police officers were getting kickbacks from privatized prisons. And so judges were giving harsh and unjust sentencing to minor offenders They were getting more time, so these prisons were making more money, and they were giving kickbacks to judges. A judge actually recently got convicted of that in Philadelphia. That's what I love about Supergirl so much. The social commentary and the tad touch to realism. We get that in this episode with the privatization of prisons in Calvintown, and it being the privatization, of course, being the downfall of this what once seemed like a wholesome town to the point where Nelson, who is the the leader, who is the the mentor of Jimmy Olsen, the person who taught him about journalistic integrity, even he sold out. Also, we get this homeless child, Simon, whose mother was sentenced for for unjust amount of time. He's supposed to act as... The the enzyme he is the he is the instigator of why Jimmy needs to come back to this town. Not the best storyline, however, it played. I'm going to give it up because I did like the concept of of Jimmy taking over the newspaper and we're still keeping him around. He's close enough to come back, but far enough we don't have to see him and ask questions. That I liked. I'm so glad they didn't kill the kill the character of James Olson. They didn't. Give a storyline in which James Olsen went into space. They gave some realism to it. He's no longer allowed to be a journalist, but of course, nothing stops him from being a publisher. He purchases the newspaper, the town newspaper, and he is going to be Guardian without being Guardian. This is the James that I prefer to see. The one who is a social warrior. Someone who is actually using their talent to do good. Also loved how Simon was excited to see and fangirled for a second because everyone knows who who James Olson is, and James loved it. By the way, James was very happy that that happened. And the third storyline, so now, so we we have James Olson is there. We get the nod to Jimmy, and the third storyline that played out. We have the William Day story that's been kind of plaguing us. We don't know. We're not sure. We get this new we get this new guy who's on the show. And it's nice to see William Day, and we're lear- we're trying to learn about him. Great, great character. It's we don't know because we see these nods of of William doing good things, then we see him doing extremely shady things. Then he, we see him being a kiss ass. Then we see him uh, undermining Kara. Then we see him secretly praising Kara. So we we're not sure what to think when it comes to when it comes to. Uh, uh, William Day. We don't know what to think of the character, but then what happens? Now we get we get this this concept to Stasnyer, who by the way does a great job with William Day. We get this storyline where. There seems to be some type of payoff. We're not sure. There are people who are getting killed. The two doctors were killed in each episode. We're watching them. We're like, what is William Day? Is he Interpol? Is he a double agent? Is he an assassin? I mean, there was a lot of Barry vibes. We we weren't sure. Finally, and I'm glad they did not drag this out, we get the starch realization. Starts off, of course, with the investigation into Elena Torres in Mexico. Kara is... I don't even know if is being nosy. Is she being helpful? Is she being curious? I'm not sure. However, she goes to Mexico, finds out Elena Torres, who gets killed, isn't actually Elena Torres, realizes William is being super shady, follows him around. We're learning about these offshore accounts. Offshore accounts are never on the up, up and up. Offshore accounts are always a shady, shady business. And then what do we find out? That William Day... This journalist who we came in praising and then are like, is he really actually sellout? No, he's still the investigative journalist who deserves two Pulitzer Prizes. He is investigating Andrea Rojas. Now our attention has shifted from who is William Day to who are the Rojas? Who is this Rojas family? What is this cartel doing? How are they involved? What is William Day trying to build a case for? Why does William need to bring them down? Is it simply for his his investigated investigation purposes? Is it simply for his journalistic integrity or is he actually or is he actually does he have a a personal reason? Did they affect him in some way? As of right now, it looks like it's total journalistic integrity. It seems as if he's undercover and this is the William Day that Kara admires. And it's also the William Day that I predicted in the past that Carr and William will have a moment, their love intimate moment. I think that will happen in this episode nodded towards it the most as William Day gets found out and then explains and expresses remorse to Cara. Says I apologize for being the person that I had to be. I'm apologize for always undermining you. I respect you so much. You're an amazing journalist. You're actually a better writer than I am. Your writing is is, is great. I just get good stories, but you're a great writer, gives her a nod, and then Kara has that moment. If you remember, towards the end, with 9 minutes and 53 seconds left, Kara has the head tilt, glasses, wide-eyed, a little impressed, and also a little infatuated with William. And I think we're going to get that as well. The final relationship, which is always... Just always the humor subplot that we have is Brainy. Brainy and Nia have been having their problems. It's funny to see Brainy deal with a relationship. Brainy from the future, the smartest person on the planet, is super dumb when it comes to love. I can relate. So, when we get Brainy, we get Brainy who was trying all his best to impress Nia with everything. And now we get a Brainy who's kind of mortified that Nia's not so happy so it's super awkward and he's preoccupied with it he's he's super emotional and because of that he's not getting th- anything done that ties it all the way around because that gives the in for Lena to come in and that's why Lena was able to teleport Malefic to her lair instead of to the Phantom Zone because she was the help Brainy was just he just couldn't pay attention he was distracted and Lena comes in I love this Brainy and Nia storyline. I'm glad that they didn't break up. I don't think I could have a heart for that. Like, my parents could get divorced and I could understand. Like, oh, they've been together for a long time. But Brainy and Nia, I need that to blossom. I'm a super fan of their relationship. Brainia is here to stay. Hashtag Brainy if you agree. Please let us know in the comments below. Let's get to our special segment, shall we? Supergirls! This week, we are talking my favorite View member, Whoopi Goldberg. Now, if you're not familiar with Whoopi Goldberg, she was born Karen Elaine Johnson, professionally known as Whoopi Goldberg. She is on The View, and yes, she does not have eyebrows. No one asks why That's how amazing she is Now Just to break it down She's been nominated For 13 Emmy Awards She's one of the few Entertainers To ever have won An Emmy Award A Grammy Award By the way An Academy Award And a Tony Award She is an EGOT Yes That is how dope she is She's also The second black woman To win an Academy Award For acting Ever Ever that's how much we need to love Whoopi Goldberg. Of course, that was for The Color Purple. Who wouldn't win for that? Of course, she has to. She was in The Color Purple. She was in Ghost. Uh, what hasn't she done? She was in Sister Act, all-time, one of the all-time favorites. We love her. She's also such a philanthropist. She always gives back. She is uh, a very active member of several charities. And she has opened and paved the way for women of color and especially, if you notice, she wears her hair. She has the the Goldberg locks. She's paved the way for women of color in, or, in order to get into entertainment in Hollywood. And she is someone who Tyler Perry cites. We have... Felicia Rashad cites her. Everyone cites her as an inspiration. It's great to see her. And now she is on The View giving an opinion, expressing opinions on modern day uh, issues all the time. She is the moderator and, of course, a co-host. And it's great to see her on such a huge show. We're talking about 5 million viewers every uh, on a daily basis. And it's great to watch her do this So, Whoopi Goldberg, here's hats off to you. Thank you so much. Your activism is, of course, something we always respect. Your work with the LGBT rights, AIDS, activism, and being a leader even in the 1980s. This is a long time coming, 1987 March on Washington. So, thank you so much, Whoopi Goldberg, for being a Supergirl through and through. Let's talk some news and gossip, shall we? After Buzz TV News. News and gossip. Our friends over at Gizmodo put out an article that said Supergirl completely screwed James Olsen. That's right. They're saying that James Jimmy Olsen got a raw deal. The character found on Supergirl was never the character from the comic books, which we all know. This is First of all, he's black. Second of all, just the character, the way he's acting, is not what we're used to from Jimmy Olsen. And often never the same character from season to season of Supergirl. Yes, Jimmy has played different. Sometimes the victim. Sometimes the hero. Sometimes he's cocky. Sometimes he's humble. Which Jimmy Olsen will stand up. Now, he was a soft and sweet love interest who wanted to keep cars safe. In the If you remember in Season 1, that's who he was. Until then, he became a grim vigilante, and then uh, he had this thing with Lena. I don't know why they broke up. I like them, too. Maybe if they were still together, Lena wouldn't be trying to kill everyone in the world or wipe us all out or at least not let us think our own thoughts. Basically, we get a lot of difference. Now, McCod Brooks announced his departure to the dismay of a lot of fans and San Diego Comic-Con la- this past year. San Diego Comic Con, and there were concerns he might get killed off, but we're like I said, we're all happy that he's simply in Calvintown. Worst name for a city, best place to put Jim Jones Olsen. Okay? Jimmy! So it's good good know, good to know that he's still there. He's not going anywhere, and we still get him. You might want to read this uh, article. It's It also has a lot of different assorted musings and entertaining thoughts on James and leaving and what will happen and the investigation that will occur. So such a good article. Check it out. It's on Gizmodo. It is called Supergirl Completely Screwed James Olsen. What do you think? Did they or did they not? Let's get into some predictions. Your AfterBuzz TV predictions. AfterBuzz TV predictions. I am the predictor of predictors. And I'm going to say that we are going to not obviously hear the end of Malefic. However, Malefic will not be as uh, easy to control as a partner as Lena thinks. Lena is going to be in a position where she's going to try to use Malefic's powers for her own hidden agenda but malefic has a hidden agenda of his own he will use it lena still has good intentions even though clearly in the worst of ways malefic has only bad intentions and will use this the same way he did on mars to wipe out the green martians he will be responsible or at least try to be responsible for wiping out humans using the technology that lena is trying to create Secondly, I think that we get a we get a different brainy Nia reaction. We're going to get more Nia. They showed her astral projecting and following someone. I think Nia, this is not the last of Nia's powers that we are not aware of. We're going to get a lot more. Also, I think that Kelly is going to be able to sense. We get these flashbacks, so I think she's going to be able to sense that Malefic is not in the Phantom Zone as everyone thinks, but... Is part of Lena's plans, and that's what's going to break it through. And of course, we're going to find out more about William Day and Andrea Rojas. I have some fan shout-outs to give. Please give, give for these shout-outs. Who have joined us live. Thank you so much, Haywood Wong, Billy Jean Girl twenty-four, Brandon Bowie, Black Magic ninety-nine, Madness Arcade, Bootron JJ, Boutron, uh, Ryan Olson. Hello so many of you guys thank you guys for tuning in you guys are awesome logan knight what's up yes ryan nelson I've heard this name. I cannot remember where. Yeah, I think he's from a different planet or something. I'm pretty sure he is. Thank you guys so much for tuning in and being a part of the chat, of course. We enjoy your comments and I respond on on YouTube, so make sure you leave your comments. Remember, we have a couple couple things going on right now that I want to hear your thoughts on. The first one is, do we like the James Olsen Calvin Town storyline? Second is, uh, I want to know I want to know if you think that Using the vertex blaster would have been a good idea or a bad idea. That one definitely. And the third one, are we shipping Brainia? Brainia. Hashtag Brainia. Are we shipping them or not? Let me know. I can't wait to find out. But until then, if you want to find me, you can find me at I am Tehran, all across the board. That's on all social media. And of course, hosting and paneling on a slew of other afterbuzz after shows because all of your favorite TV shows are my favorite TV shows too. If you want to find Steph Sabra, you can find her. Oh, wow. That stuff to bra. That's right. <laughs> Perfect 10. And, of course, you can find us next week right here as we talk more Supergirl. See you then. Up, up, and away. Our founder, Kevin Undergaro, and me, Maria Menunos, would like to thank you for tuning in to AfterBuzz TV. Remember, we're not just the first. We're the biggest in the world. And we're the only destination for all your favorite TV shows. Whatever you crave, we've got it. So go to AfterBuzzTV.com and check out our lineup.